Side Hustle Show 116, getting started in e-commerce. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show, where aspiring part-time entrepreneurs learn how to turn their side hustle dreams into reality. Because your nine to five may make you a living, but your five to nine makes you alive. And now your host, Nick Loper. Hey everybody, Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show. This is episode 116, Getting Started in E-Commerce. In this episode, you'll hear why e-commerce is such an attractive side hustle, how you can get started with selling through your own site, and why that has some distinct advantages over Amazon's platform. The You'll also hear the most effective marketing tactics my guest has used to build his business, plus his number one tip that I've already started to implement in my own life. My guest is Travis Marziani, whose e-commerce store is bdancewear.com, like the letter B, dancewear.com, where they sell, as you might have guessed, uh, dance clothing for uh, dancers, I guess. <laughs> um, Travis is also the uh, the co-host of the Build My Online Store podcast with Terry Lynn at buildmyonlinestore.com. So if you're interested in uh, diving deeper into the e-commerce side hustle, definitely recommend that podcast, one of the top-rated shows on that topic. And Travis actually hosts a show of his own called How to Do Your 20s, and uh, had me on recently as an honorary 20-something, and I will link to that in the show notes as well. HowToDoYour20s.com is uh, the link for that. So, and, and as is per the usual, all the notes and highlights for this call are at SideHustleNation.com slash 116, where you'll also find a free downloadable PDF with all of Travis's top tips for getting started in e-commerce. Ready? Let's do it. Why do we care about this as a as a potential side hustle business? Well, it's a great way to make not just short-term money, but long-term money. And what I mean by that is you're actually building something. When you build a e-commerce store, it's not one of those things that you only make money while you're working. You make money while you're, you know, surfing down in Costa Rica or while you're traveling around Argentina. And that's really cool to me. Uh, the problem I have with freelancing, which I think is a great way to get into side hustling, is that you're only making money while you're working. And it also doesn't grow if you're not working. And what I mean by that is I can spend uh, a couple of weeks on SEO or something like that. And when I walk away, let's say I was 10th for a keyword on Google. If I leave for a couple months and come back, I might be ninth or eighth without doing really any work. It's just a matter of the the brand gets out there and people find you. So I really love that about e-commerce. So it's building, I mean, it's essentially building a business versus building yourself another job. Yeah, exactly. It's not it's not about building a job. It's all about building, like you said, exactly a business. And I love that. So if people want to get into it, where, what's, what's, what's the first thing? I guess, I guess you got to find something to sell, right? How did you, so you're, you're running the, uh, the dancewear site, bdancewear.com. We'll plug it on here. I don't know if, you're, if there's any dancers listening. Uh, go check it out. But where did you, how did you come up with, with this as a niche? Yeah, I got lucky with this because I actually had, my mom had this idea and she's sewn custom dance clothing for 20 years. And she had this idea, like instead of doing the custom dance clothing, because you have to deal with a lot of pain in the ass clients, she'd rather sell basic pieces of dance clothing. And what I mean by that is three different types of shorts, five different types of pants, you know, three different types of tops. And our big selling point is 200 plus colors, which means that we do make to order, but it's not custom because it's still small, medium, large, and we still make things that 
if someone does return them, we can potentially resell. So I got lucky because my mom had this idea and she's said, hey, do you want to do this with me? But I will say that at that same point, about five other people had ideas too. I just chose the one that was the best. So first, I guess, little bit of advice is your great idea for an e-commerce business doesn't have to be your idea. You can partner with someone else and you can do, I assume if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably pretty smart and you probably can figure things out technically. I mean, if you can download a podcast, you can end up figuring out how to build an <laughs> online store, you know? I like it. I like it. So she was kind of entrenched in this business um, already. And, and so she kind of had an inside knowledge but saying, hey, look, doing these custom things, here, here's a way to to expand it, to grow it. And that was, you know, a very cool, uh, very cool idea. And it turned out to to work pretty well. What we, Like for people who don't have a mom that's making dance yeah. clothing, or, or is she actually is she actually like manufacturing the stuff? Like how are we, where are you sourcing the the goods? So when we first started, it was just me and her. And, you know, I would, well, for the first four months, we didn't have any sales. So I was just working, trying to build the website, trying to do everything. And we weren't getting any sales. Uh, but eventually we started getting sales and she'd make, you know, one item a week. Then it grew to 10 items a week and then it grew to 100. And it's like, oh, wait a minute, we need to hire people. So the first thing we did is hire people to ship it out and answer emails. And then we had to start hiring people to do the cutting and the sewing, etc. Right now, for the most part, my mom is just the manager. She just oversees everything. We have about three people that can sew, three people that cut, uh, two people that answer like phones, emails, and like another person that does shipping. And a, a lot of those people kind of rotate around. Wow. But, this has turned yeah. into a serious, uh, serious operation. Yeah, it's really cool to watch. I mean, it's only been about two and a half years, but we have a little production facility, you know, 1400 square foot building. But when I go there, it's like, this is cool. I've given these people jobs where with other stuff like freelancing, maybe you have a virtual assistant, but you're not really going to be creating jobs. So it's, I think it's a different level of satisfaction. Yeah. And made in the USA too. Like it's not like, you know, hiring or not importing the stuff from, from overseas. Yeah. And even with that, to be honest with you, I'm not against uh, importing stuff from overseas because people everywhere deserve a job and it really is a global economy. But one thing I, I will say, and I think you were alluding to this earlier with your question is what happens if you don't have a mom that has a great <laughs> idea? And I actually have a lot of tips on that. So the first one obviously is look around you because someone probably does have a great idea. But even if no one around you has a great idea, my first uh, a bit of advice is write down one idea every day, no matter how bad it is. So every day, just make a habit of, hmm, what's a good idea for something I could sell online? And it could be something as dumb as turtles for racing. It doesn't matter what the idea is, just write something down. And what happens is as you write that one thing down every day, in the background, while you're taking a shower, your brain's kind of going like, hmm, what's going to be my one thing that I write down today? And some of those will be really good ideas. So that's the key is trying to get in the pattern of finding those ideas and getting your brain to figure out what those could be. Are you just looking around because I'm like, now I'm like looking around the living room um, for like, I see a water bottle, I see a bowl of cherry pits, I see like a Bluetooth headset and I'm like, all of these things have already been done. Do I need to come up with something, you know, new and novel or is this, you, can I set up a successful store around like, you know, something like a water bottle that's already been done? Yes and no. So, uh, the real piece of advice, I guess, is obviously try to solve some kind of problem. That is the key. And obviously, don't just sit down and look around at what you can see around you because that's not the point. The point is throughout the day, you're kind of in the background 
like, okay, I wish this existed. As soon as you say the phrase, I wish this existed, you should be making it. Or even if you have an idea that already exists out there, a lot of people think they need a new idea. If there's an ex- idea that exists out there, but it's not very well marketed, then you can you can do it better than them. I mean, I always use the example of Google wasn't the first search engine. Facebook wasn't the first social media site. They just did it better. So if you can do your idea better than someone that's already doing an existing idea, go for it. You can make a living out of that. Yeah, what was the cool, the, the the coolest, the cooler guys on uh, Kickstarter or something? They built like a $400 cooler and it had like, I don't know, Bluetooth and speakers and like they could throw it off a cliff and it would still keep your beer cold or something like and they called it the coolest and they, I don't know, raised a million dollars or something. So there's some something to be said for, you know, iterating on what's already out there. But saying if you don't have your own workshop or your own, uh, you know, you're not inventing something completely new, where do you go about sourcing, uh, sourcing the inventory? I mean, a great first way to start, you can go on like Alibaba or AliExpress if you, if you want to just get into it and there's obviously different levels of figuring that out. You can go to China and strike up deals with manufacturers. Another thing, though, is you can just talk to local people in that industry. If you come up with an idea of, you know, I don't know, selling candles online, which I don't recommend because I'm sure there's already a ton of people doing it. Actually, I will say there, there's a person that sells candles with jewelry at the bottom, and it's like a, a ring at the bottom and the ring could range anywhere from five to a thousand dollars. And I don't remember the name of the company or anything like that. That's a pretty simple idea and they've been wildly successful. And so it's like just a simple thing like a candle and how they make that. I'm sure at first, you know, the margins probably aren't great. They probably uh, go to some friend in the candle industry or something like that and say, Hey, can you make this for me? But as you grow, then you can start to outsource it from China. So don't be afraid to have small margins at first they will grow over time. What's your take on uh, what's your take on drop shipping? I don't do it, and the reason is I want to own a brand, but it's a great, easy way to get started. And the good thing about drop shipping is you don't need to put a lot of money up front. As you get more involved, you can buy the products in bulk, hold them, and send them out. But I don't have a lot of experience with drop shipping, but it seems like it would be seems like it'd be fairly easy, but not quite as interesting to me because it's not building a real brand. That makes sense. Yeah, drop shipping seems difficult to me because if everyone is if everyone has access to the same manufacturers, the same you know inventory sources, like what are you doing to differentiate yourself? And it just kind of I feel like how it can deteriorate to a to a pretty quick race to the bottom on on price if you have no other points of differentiation. Yeah, I agree. Uh, both the drop shipping and selling things on Amazon right now. Selling things on Amazon is extremely popular. You know, you'll buy from the manufacturer, you know, a bunch of hoodies or something like that and sell them on Amazon. And I think that that's not going to last forever because eventually the manufacturer is going to realize it's not that hard to sell things on Amazon. And same thing, the manufacturer is going to realize it's not that hard to do drop shipping yourself properly. There's this weird area right now where technology is scary and most uh, manufacturers don't know how to really create a good e-commerce store. So there is that opportunity. But like you said, What's to stop someone else from doing exactly what you're doing? Not a lot. 
Yeah, I saw what was the one I saw. I saw two things this week. One was a friend of mine posted a picture of himself, uh, Brad, with like these like Jordy LaForge style like sunglasses, just like a mono sunglass. I was like, dude, that is sweet looking. <laughs> and then I saw somebody else post a picture of like a Chewbacca hoodie, and so it has like it was just like all furry and it had his little like whatever like his clip or his like little ammunition or whatever he carries on his on his chest. And I was like, dude, that's like these dumb things like why didn't i think of that you know that's that's always what i think of when i see these things but how to be the guy who who thinks of them before <laughs> before anybody else <laughs> or, who can, yeah. or who can market them better i guess did you know that roughly half of side hustle nation hasn't started their side hustle yet if that's you i get it starting and building a business is tough it takes more than just an idea there are tons of moving parts and it's a bit like trying to assemble your airplane in the middle of takeoff Thankfully, our sponsor, Taylor Brands, is helping Side Hustle Show listeners make that leap and make it all a lot easier. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, making sure you have everything you need all in one place. Think of it like your behind-the-scenes partner for things like LLC formation, licenses and permits, getting an EIN, setting up your business bank account, bookkeeping and invoicing, insurance, logos, trademark protection, and a lot more. Taylor Brands helps you handle it all seamlessly. And to get you started, Side Hustle Show listeners get 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans when you use our link. That's taylorbrands.com slash side hustle. Taylor Brands, like a tailor for your clothes, T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A. ANDS.com slash side hustle. Start your business journey today with the help of Taylor Brands. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over 3.5 million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster, and 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors, and what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, two other things I will say is try to niche down. Everyone says that, but it's so true. You're not going to be the next Walmart unless you uh, inherit a billion dollar fortune and you can afford that kind of thing. And try to be premium. If you can be a premium brand, you have there's a lot of room to play. There's a higher profit margins. You can do more interesting things. You don't want to be the low cost provider of something because you can't do it unless you have the budget to, you know, build a million of these things at once, if that makes sense. Build, build some margin into it because that's how you're going to be able to grow. Yeah. Plus, the, the kind of people that go for the, the lowest cost thing are the worst customers to have. Like, I'm one of them. I'll be honest. Like, I will probably, <laughs> sh- you know, I'll, I'll shop around for the best price. But the thing is, I don't have a lot of brand loyalty. I'm starting to, starting to buy some nice premium type things in certain categories. But the categories where I look for the lowest price, I don't have brand loyalty. 
I'm not gonna I'm not gonna come back and shop with you again. I'm gonna go to whoever has the the lowest price next time. And two, the people that tend to buy the lowest priced items tend to also complain the most. People that have the money to spend a lot of money, they don't really. It, let's say someone that's gonna buy a premium style thing, if it comes and they don't use it or they don't like it, they're less likely to return it because that money. This is gonna sound bad, but that money isn't as important to them as someone who's really spending the time to find a low cost solution. They're gonna they're gonna return the item if they don't like it. They're gonna complain if it doesn't meet all their expectations. Yeah. Okay. So we're looking we're looking around for for different ideas. We're talking to people. We're looking at we're trying to write down an idea a day. We're trying to f- figure out. We're listening, keeping our eyes and ears open for when people say, "I wish such and such thing existed," and we're going to. Uh, Alibaba, AliExpress, and even you know some manufacturers locally to see if this thing could become uh, to become a reality. Do you say, okay, this is my thing. I'm going to buy 500 of these things, or do you say I'm going to build a website first? Uh, what what's kind of your next your next step look like? Well, there's a couple different ways to do it, and one thing I guess I would probably recommend if you're a little iffy on it is there's no problem doing a Kickstarter. Like even though I'm an e-commerce guy like through and through, if you want to validate an idea really quickly, an e-commerce uh, or a Kickstarter is a great way to do it. So I haven't done that before, so I'm by no means an expert. I do plan in the next year or so starting another e-commerce store and starting it off on Kickstarter first. But that being said, I'd recommend starting off trying to build a first off just putting up something Putting up, even if it's a blog at first that eventually could be turned into a store, putting up something. And that's what I always tell people. It's like, don't get so bogged down in trying to make everything perfect. If you have an idea, let's use the turtles for racing. And that's a really dumb idea. But if if you really wanted to sell turtles that people could race, then what you could do is start a blog about that at first and then gauge if there's any kind of... uh, interest in that. And if you see some interest, then the next step could potentially be to go over to like a Shopify or I use Volusion, but from what I've heard, Shopify is probably the better solution and build a page and go ahead and start start like that. And as you get some orders, then you can kind of fill it. But it depends on how much money you have too, right? So the whole buying 500 things up front, 500 units of whatever widget you have, if you have the money to do that and you believe in your idea, I think it's worth doing personally, but I'm also a risk taker. So maybe I'm not the best person to listen to if you're tight on cash. Yeah. So we, we've talked on the show a couple of times about uh, the Amazon FBA business and you, you know, Hey, I don't have to build my own website. I don't have to, I don't have to build my own e-commerce store. I don't have to worry about Volusion or Shopify or any of this stuff. I'll just ship my things to Amazon and they'll sell it for me. Like yeah. what would be the advantage of going through the, the time and expense to, to set up your own shop? A lot of things. So first off, with my product in particular, so we have it on Amazon too. Our Amazon sales are about a 40th of what our own shop sales are. Really? So that, Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't optimize the Amazon by any means. I, I could do a lot of work to do that. But the problem is a couple things. One of the things, if you're doing FBA, then you have to have all the products. You have to buy them and put them on there. The way we operate is we make everything on demand. And the reason we do that is so we don't have the overhead of buying, you know, a thousand dance pants and watching them sit on the shelves. (laughs) Okay. But if you have a widget, let's say that there isn't, and part of the reason that is for us is there's a lot of variations. Like we have like 80,000 combinations you could potentially buy from our website. But if you have, you know, I don't know, let's use 
like a new water bottle. You have this new cool water bottle and that's the only item you sell. You could put it on Amazon potentially, but I'll tell you. So here's the benefits you're talking about. If you have your own e-commerce store, one, you don't get charged that 20% like you do on Amazon. So that's big. I mean, you're, you're getting an extra 20% profit to your business just by having it on your site. Okay. Two, you get the emails. And having emails is a great advantage because you can do a lot of really cool remarketing things. And actually, by having your own site, you can do traffic like remarketing. That So you can put a little... It's called like a pixel, like a little thing on your website that tags people. So when they come to your site and everyone that's ever been on the internet seen these, like as soon as you go to some, you know, random e-commerce store and as you're browsing around, that ad haunts you. The reason it haunts you (laughs) is because it's very effective. So, you know, you go to, uh, you know, nickswaterbottles.com and everywhere you go, Nick's Water Bottles is following you around and it's like, why does this keep following me? The reason is because they're paying to show that ad to you because you showed interest by going to their site. So a big benefit about having your own site is that too. But most importantly, you own it. You want to be able to own your own platform. If Amazon decides tomorrow, mm, we don't like Nick's water bottles uh, for whatever reason, and they can, they can have any reason they want, they can ban you. They can say, oh, you took too long to respond to these people's messages, or oh, we've gotten too many complaints about you, or really any reason they want. And I've had friends that have been banned from Amazon for stupid reasons. You don't own that platform. It's not yours. When you have an e-commerce store, you own that name, you own that brand. And anything short of a worldwide internet catastrophe, <laughs> your site's going to be up. I mean, even if let's you're, you're with Shopify and Shopify decides uh, they go out of business, you can easily move over to a, a Volusion or a big commerce type thing. So you own it. That's your property. Amazon, you're kind of like renting. And if they want to kick you out, they will. Yeah, you have you have a little bit more control. I like the idea of, of obviously getting customers emails and avoiding the seller fees. So you just it's your own, you know, you, you just control your own destiny there a little bit more. What's um, talk to me about the fulfillment side, because that was one of the biggest perks or or perceived benefits to Amazon. It's like, look, somebody orders it, it's hands off. I don't have to touch it now. With yours, you know, since it's, you know, kind of custom made or it's or it's, you know, on demand, you've got to manufacture the thing and then ship it out. But if you just had, you know, inventory sitting in your garage, you're still going to be responsible for for shipping it out. So what's the fulfillment side look like uh, for you guys? Well, for us, we do. We we manufacture everything. We ship it out just because it's easier uh, and we have so many combinations. But if you only have you know, three to five widgets. First off, actually, let me let me back up. If you only have, when you're first starting out, it's not that big of a deal to ship things out yourself. Maybe you'll ship out one package a day, two packages a day. It's probably not that big of a deal. But if you wanted to, right off the bat, there's fulfillment places. Companies that their only job is, you send them products, they ship it out for you. They basically are hooked into your website. So every time you get a sale, they get all the data. And I, I have a friend that he does not a lot of business. He does about a thousand a month in revenue. And he he's in Saigon. So he does exactly that. He sends all his he sells wallets. He sells all his wallets online and only in the US. They're in a building, you know, somewhere probably in Nevada. I'm not sure exactly where. <laughs> but they're all in a building in Nevada. He doesn't touch it. Once the sale's made, it's all taken care of for him. So you can do exactly the same thing using an e-commerce store as you can with Fulfilled by Amazon. Okay, okay. Any recommended fulfillment centers or just you know Google something that's nearby you? Google something that's nearby you. Compare. It depends probably on what you're selling to. I've never researched this because the way our business works, it wouldn't make a lot of sense. But Google something 
and see compare prices because I think some for smaller items uh, work better and others for bigger items work better and depends on the volume you do and all that kind of stuff. Okay. All right. So we talked about some of the benefits of setting up your own site uh, versus Am- uh, you know versus selling on Amazon, but you know one of the biggest benefits of Amazon is you know the built-in marketplace of eyeballs. So mm-hmm. talk to me about some of the effective marketing hacks or marketing channels that you guys are using to drive traffic or that you've seen other people use to uh, to drive traffic and sales. Well, and that's actually kind of brings back another benefit of having your own platform versus using Amazon, and that is paid ads. If you have paid ads going to Amazon, it can actually hurt your account because the way that Amazon ranks where you uh, end up in the search results partially is based on what percentage of people buy something. So if you're sending a thousand people a day and only one of them are actually buying it, they'll lower the result of your product on the search because they're like, hmm, people don't really like this. But with your own site, you're more likely to get a lot of success by using paid ads. So paid ads is the first thing I recommend if you're a serious e-commerce person. And even if you're not, maybe just do $1 to $5 a day in paid ads. And those are things like AdWords. Uh, and AdWords are those ads. When you Google, let's say you were to Google you know, water bottles, uh, the ads that are on the top that say advertisement, and I think they used to be in a different color, but Google keeps changing it. <laughs> Those are ads that people pay for, and the way that they pay for them is based on what keywords you type in. And the keywords are just the, the words you type in. So if you type in water bottles, and I own Nick's water bottles, then I would put an ad patent for... Patent pending, patent pending. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know why I own your, your name, but <laughs> anyway, I'm, I'm the marketing director for Nick's water bottles. I would say, hey, people searching for water bottles want to buy water bottles, so I will pay Google a dollar per click to get that space at the top of the search results. Does that make sense? No, this is this is one of the most beautiful marketing models in the world because you can put, you know, you don't have to worry about SEO. You can get your message, your 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 ad in front of people who are searching for exactly what you're selling and you just have to get to the top of the auction. I mean, you got to pay depending on what the demand is for that keyword, but it's uh, it's a beautiful thing. If you travel a lot for work or for vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty when you're away. Being an Airbnb host isn't just a way to earn some extra cash. It's a chance to share your space and make a guest's vacation all the more memorable. You might be thinking, eh, maybe my place isn't the right fit, but don't write it off just yet. Your potential Airbnb might be right in front of you. Whether it's a spare room or even your entire home, there's an opportunity waiting. Airbnb turns your home into a practical and even profitable venture. We just got back from a family trip to Hawaii where we stayed in a great Airbnb, but our place back home could have been a highlight to somebody else's travels, and we could have used the extra cash to help pay for the trip. So if you're curious about hosting on Airbnb, find out how much your space could be worth by visiting airbnb.com slash host. Once again, that's airbnb.com slash host. Yeah, and there's also product listing ads, and the product listing ads are also through Google. They're the ads you see that are an image and a price when you search for something on Google. So if you search for water bottles, I assume that there's uh, maybe not that key phrase, but like uh, reusable water bottles are probably more likely to have it. There's probably images that have a price underneath them, and those convert extremely well because the kind of people that click on an image with a price underneath it are probably people that are interested in buying something. 
where with AdWords, it could be a lot of people that are just interested in learning more about what a water bottle is or what it's made out of. They might not be ready to click the buy button yet. Right. Similarly, like when I was running the shoe business, like if I if I was ever just bidding on a keyword as generic as shoes, like I would lose my shirt. Like I would be, yeah. <laughs> I would be so broke, you know, I run through my entire budget like in an hour. But instead, if it was like, you know, women's Nike model XYZ, like much more, much more specific, much higher conversion there. Do the product listing ads run on a cost per click or are they based on your conversions? So it is a, a cost per click. And the interesting thing about them is you don't get to pick the keywords that they show up for, which is a little scary, like you said, because... it <laughs> is a little Google, scary. Yeah. So that's the that sounds like a really bad thing. And it, it, in some ways it is. But what you can do is you can add negative keywords. So you can say things like, uh, I don't want to show up if the shoe company, like I don't want to show up if it's men's shoes. I don't sell men's shoes. I only sell women's shoes. I don't want to come up if it's black because I'm only selling brown or this particular product's only, you know, brown. And so what happens is over time, you figure out all the negative keywords that should not, this ad should not be shown for. And at first, maybe you lose a little bit of money. And that's with all paid advertising. At first, expect to lose a little bit of money but it's, you're paying for the knowledge. And then as time goes on, you'll be able to more optimize your ads and target them better. How about some, uh, how about some non-paid options? Yeah. Well, SEO is the classic one. Search engine optimization, getting your site higher up on Google. Everyone wants to be number one, which is, of course, the goal. And there's, there's a lot of tips. And one of the biggest ones, and you were kind of alluding to this earlier, is long tail keywords. You want to go after, you don't want to go after shoes. Uh, I'm sure, Nick, your shoes business never was number one for the search term shoes. I mean, if it was, you'd be Zappos, right? Or something like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, I think it was, yeah. Zappos and shoes.com kind of would alternate up at there. But I didn't even pay attention to it because it didn't matter. Like those, it, it was matter. not relevant traffic to me. You should not even be trying to go for those because it's just so, the, the chance is so minuscule. What you should be going is exactly like you said, like women's brown shoes, size 10, with some kind of brand uh, added in there, and you really want to hit those hard. That's the key. The key is trying to figure out what long keywords, and maybe only 10 people a month search for that. But when they search for that, they're really likely to buy, and that's what you want to go after. And there's probably not a lot of competition. And you're doing some interesting stuff on the content marketing side by doing some outreach to other, I don't know, other influential people in this in this space. You want to talk about that for a sec? Yeah. And so here's another advantage of having an e-commerce store versus doing it on Amazon is one of my biggest marketing tactics is we have a blog and this increases our SEO as well because the more content you have and the more links coming in, the higher up on Google you are basically in a nutshell. But what we do specifically is we reach out to dance studio owners, which happen to be our biggest you know, source of our biggest the people that buy the most from us, I guess I should say. Those are your dream customers. Those are the dream customers for so many reasons. And one, they, they buy a lot. They'll buy over and over again. I mean, unlike a, a dancer who might retire or stop dancing, whatever, a dance studio owner tends to buy a lot. So anyways, what we do is we send emails out to them, but we don't say, hey, please buy from us. We don't say, hey, here's a discount code. We say is, we'd like to interview you for our blog. Oh, it's genius. Yeah. And they are so flattered. They love it. Uh, every time I send out an email like that, they're like, oh my God, thank you so much. Like, I can't believe you picked me. And so what do they do? The first thing they do is they come to our site to see who we are and 
find out a little bit more about us. Well, in the process, they're finding out about our products, yeah. which is obviously amazing. And the next step is obviously we interview them and we put the article up. So once we put the article up, they tell everybody about it. I mean, imagine if you were interviewed for a magazine or a newspaper or a blog, you'd want to tell all your friends about it. And specifically with the dance studio owners, they tell all their students about it. So now, not only is the dance studio owner coming back to read the article, all her dance students and dance moms and everyone are coming to our website and they're searching around. And in the, in the process, they're going to find out about our products. And then, you know, if it's a match, great. That's, what, that's the goal. I hope that it's something that they're interested in. And if it's not, a lot of times, well, this is another benefit, a lot of times that dance studio owner will put a link from her site to our site and that tells Google, hey, this website's pretty relevant to dance. You should probably rank it pretty high up there. So I've found a lot of success with that method. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Next up is the dance, dance studio owner podcast. <laughs> You know, I've actually thought a lot about that, but uh, dance studios don't, dance studio owners don't listen to podcasts. I've found like unanimously. A lot of people are like, what's a podcast when I talk to them about it? Well, fair enough. We'll, we'll scratch that one. But no, that's, that's a really cool idea. I definitely like that. And that could work for you know any number of, of industries. People always like, hey, you, somebody thinks I'm worthy of an interview. Like it's, it's a very flattering thing. And then, you know, of course, like, you know, they're, they're, you know, more likely to share it and, you know, it's very good ego bait, I guess. Yeah. You know, actually another thing I'll add in one of the most successful, we wrote an article that was the top 50 dance studios in the United States. And I was like, you know, I'll, I'll see how this does. It drove about between 30 and 50,000 people to our website. Whoa. Because, yeah. I mean, and you can't do that on Amazon. I mean, there's no way to drive 30 to 50,000 people to your Amazon landing page without spending a lot of money or doing something really crazy. But that didn't take a ton of work to do. Like, And it went viral because what happened is everyone's so proud of the fact that they're on this list that they tweeted it out. And then all the students tweeted it out or shared it on Facebook or whatever. And that was a, that's another tactic I recommend trying out is to highlight your customers because you got to really think, what do my customers want? And when you figure out what your customers want and you give it to them, they'll be happy to help you out as well. No, that's, that's great. That's, those are great tips. Thanks, Travis. You think this is, uh, think this is a viable side hustle? I mean, you, you kind of alluded to it before on you know, surfing in Costa Rica and hanging out in, in South America, but it still seems like a, a little bit of a speculative thing because you've got to you know, source the inventory, you've got to you know, set up the shop, you've got to do all this marketing uh, all, before, all before getting paid versus like, hey, I could go sell some service and maybe it's not as scalable, but uh, I don't know. Like, If you have an hour a day to work on this stuff, how do you spend, how do you spend your time? I guess the question is, do you want the, the quick money or do you want the long term <laughs> big money? And if you want, and there's nothing wrong with that. If you want quick money, which you, you probably, if you need to, you know, if you're short on rent and stuff like that every month, yeah, do the freelancing. This isn't probably for you. But if you're looking to grow a million dollar business, I don't think that's is easy doing the uh, freelancing and things like that. So is, to answer your, your question, I like this because I like doing a lot of the work up front and I'm okay waiting to see the results. But that's not everybody and that there's no problem with it not being everybody. So for me, it was this idea. I like working towards a dream. So I was sitting there working and I even said it like for the first four months, I was working pretty hard, zero sales. But I knew that eventually I'd be able to go down surfing Costa Rica for a couple of weeks while still getting paid, you know, travel around Argentina. 
Very cool. Travis, thank you so much for joining me. Everyone check him out at bdancewear.com, the letter B, then dancewear.com, and the build, uh, is it build my online store or build your online store? Build my online store podcast, yeah. Build my online store podcast, and we'll wrap things up with your number one tip for Side Hustle Nation. My number one tip is just do something small. A lot of people get so hung up on this that uh, what I tell people is, all right, you don't have an idea, write one idea down a day. Don't don't say, oh, I'm going to spend you know an entire day researching the per- perfect e-commerce company. No, no, no. Just write one idea down a day. And then once you have that idea, don't try to spend an entire day or spend a few hours building out this perfect website. Just buy a domain name. And once you've done that, the next step, just take those little baby steps every day because that's where real results lie. Don't overcomplicate things for yourself. Take those little baby steps every day. I like you, man. Thanks so much. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Awesome. There it is. There it is. I think you can come up with one idea a day. Now, I've, now, since talking with Travis, I've been taking this on as my personal homework assignment, my personal challenge. And it's, it's honestly, it's been kind of fun. So whether that is a product idea, like, like he specifically talked about, or a blog post idea, which it is, you know, maybe more commonly in my case, I'm writing them all down in a Google Docs sheet when I'm at my computer, or I'm putting them in the notes app on my phone when I'm away from my desk. And over time, I can already see what's building is I'm creating this database of content and product ideas to, uh, to flesh out further. And will never really ever again be at a shortage of of next steps you know when you're sitting you're sitting down and you don't know what to work on like there's a massive list accumulating of potential ideas and fun projects to to tackle whether that's posts or product ideas to research and it's really you know once you kind of get going on this and and I should for full disclosure some some days it's five ideas and the next day it's zero, but it's it's a pretty easy way to get started. And I think it's a valuable exercise to stretch your creative muscles and and kind of exercise your entrepreneurial mind each day. And and I'm actually working my way through uh, slower than I'd like through through some of the startup bros uh, e-commerce training material. Which, which is very Amazon focused, which is kind of that was my framework to um, to talk about Travis's platform in opposition to Amazon. So uh, I kind of see, I guess I see the Amazon stuff as kind of a gateway point to the business, and then maybe you build your own platform after the fact, after you have a track record and all this stuff. But putting these ideas down is helping me with my my product research, which is the stage I'm at right now. It's so very, very, very early stage. So of course, I will keep you posted on that new side hustle as it develops. Um, in the meantime, be sure to jump over to sidehustlenation.com slash 116 to grab the free highlight reel PDF uh, with all of Travis's top e-commerce tips. So what else is going on? If you've been following along with the public coaching experiment with Catherine and Wellington, you you may have noticed it's been a while since any updates. And the reason for that is day jobs and scheduling have delayed us a little bit. Um, you know, the stuff we're trying uh, to build some freedom against. Um, but we should have an update uh, from both Catherine and Wellington in the very new f- near future, including a very special guest consultant. I'm really excited to share with you guys. So you won't want to miss that. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed this uh, episode with Travis Marziani from buildmyonlinestore.com. And until next time, let's go out there and make something happen 
and I'll see you in the next edition of The Side Hustle Show. Hustle on. Thanks for listening to The Side Hustle Show at www.sidehustlenation.com.